Good morning. On this Thursday morning, welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday talking about the two prophets that will come in the future during the time of the tribulation. And we had made mention that out of their mouth proceeds fire and devours their enemies. We had also talked about the sword that comes out of the mouth of Jesus. And we tried to describe how words are used as a description of the power that these individuals have. And today we're going to continue looking at the prophet Elijah. We're going to be looking at the book of Revelation. And it says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 15, And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Now this is what John saw in the book of Revelation concerning the end time. This is the nation of Israel, of which the scripture is talking about. And the serpent here is using his power to destroy Israel. Now, It should be no surprise to us that from the very beginning, the serpent has been after Israel because if he can get Israel out of the way, then God cannot fulfill the promises that he said he would fulfill concerning the nation of Israel. So anti-Semitism is very, very uh, much alive in the earth today, and it will not get any easier nor any better, but it will continue to grow. Well, by the time we get to the Antichrist and in the future, he will have, and I'm going to use the word brainwashed, the nations of the world into believing that they have to be exterminated, they have to be gotten rid of. Of course, that doesn't mean that every nation or every individual will believe that. But when we look at the scripture carefully, we're going to actually see uh, how this task is going to be accomplished. What he's not been able to do today, nor yesterday, he's going to try to do in the future. So let's let's read that scripture carefully again. Revelation chapter 12, verse 15. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. It should be no surprise to us. That the scripture on a continuous basis mentions floods of different sizes, categories, and places and occasions. The flood that existed uh, after creation and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. Then we have the flood of Noah during Noah's time and the people that uh, were actually wiped off the face of the earth and only those in the ark that were left. We have the River Jordan that would uh, overflow its banks and flood on a continual basis. Uh, <clears throat> and, <clears throat> and we have in the book of uh, uh, Isaiah where it actually talks about when the enemy comes in like a flood. And we'll be looking at these. In verse number 16 of the book of Revelation, it says, And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth, and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. 
Now, we have to identify some things. Now, there is actually not a flood that is coming out of the serpent's mouth. So we have to identify what those waters are to understand what the flood is and what it is that he wants to do to the woman or the nation of Israel. It says in the book of Revelation in chapter 17, in verse 15, And he said unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the whore sitteth are peoples, and multitudes, and nations, and tongues. So somehow or another, through his mouth, through his tongue, he is going to convince nations, multitudes, peoples, and different languages to all turn on the nation of Israel. That will be the flood that comes against her. A flood of anti-Semitism, a flood of anti-Jew. To, tr to ultimately try to do what he hasn't been able to do in all these thousands of years since uh, God called Abraham. And in the process of trying to do that, the earth itself is going to open up its mouth. Now many believe like the first time when... Jerusalem was destroyed by the Roman armies in 70 AD. That many of the Jews, before any of this happened, before the city was surrounded, and some when they saw that the city was going to be surrounded, fled. Fled into an area called Petra. And there, there are caves and there are hiding places. And there is where they actually hid from these Roman legions that had come. Many believe that this will take place again as a repetition of history as the enemy tries to come in and destroy like a flood. But notice that the flood comes out of his mouth. It doesn't come out of just nowhere. It comes out of his mouth. And the earth is going to open up its mouth and it's going to swallow up the flood. It's going to swallow up these multitudes. Exactly what happens to them or how he does it, how God does it is not mentioned. But you have to remember the two prophets uh, uh, of God, which at that time are ministering, are going to also be opening their mouth on the behalf of the nation of the Jews. And it says in the scripture in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19, So they that fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun... When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. So, we see that they are not alone. The Spirit of God is going to do something that could not be accomplished any other way. And whatever that standard is, it blocks all these multitudes from destroying and annihilating the Jewish people. In the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse 2, we see the beast. And it says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power. That word, their power, is the same word 
where Jesus said, when you shall receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power. It is the word dunamis, miracle working power, and his seat and great authority. So the serpent, the devil, the dragon, is going to give the beast, the Antichrist, his power and his great authority for him to rule. A description of his mouth is given, and that is the description of a lion. The Bible does say in the book of First uh, uh, Peter, in chapter 5, that the devil goeth about like a roaring lion, looking to see whom he may devour. Uh, only those which are not protected, only those which are not walking in the authority of God's word, can be devoured, but everyone else can actually be saved by the authority of Jesus himself. In Revelation 13.5, as we continue, and it says, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things, and blasphemies, and power, this time the word power is uh, exousia, not dunamis, was given unto him to continue for 42 months. So for three and a half years, this Antichrist is going to be given a mouth speaking great things. It is said of Hitler that he would literally hypnotize the masses of people with what he said. Basically, it was nothing but a mouth that was anointed of the devil and had the capacity of deluding, deceiving, and blinding the hearts and the minds and the ears of those that actually heard what he was saying. No different than any other leader, both past, present, or future, that has the capacity, not by what he or she has done to convince people, but by simply the words of his or her mouth. Think about it. Think about music. How many of the music albums that are out there today, or the whatever they're called, songs, how people are influenced to follow what is said, even though sometimes they have absolutely no capability of making sense what they're saying. Yet people will follow. Why? Because there is an anointing just like there is an anointing of God. When a man or a woman or a chorus or a group of individuals is singing under the power of the Holy Spirit to break the power of the enemy. When the prophet would prophesy, he would ask for a minstrel to be brought to him just like when David played, and that evil spirit departed from Saul. There is an anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke, according to Isaiah 10.27. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. So the anointing upon the mouth of the beast is going to give him the ability for 42 months to deceive and to blind people with what he speaks and says. Nobody will check, check the facts. They'll simply assume he's correct, he is right, and they will follow him to their doom. In verse number 6 it says, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy. Remember what we had said, words, 
the economy, the basis of exchange between heaven and earth, words that are used that are filled with faith or that are filled with fear, that are filled with love or that are filled with hate, that are filled with power or that are filled with lack of power to make the difference. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blasphemy the name of God, how? With words. And his tabernacle, how? With words. And them that dwell in heaven, how? With words. And this includes the Christians or the saints that have been raptured up. And the scripture says in chapter 14, verse number 5, And he opened his mouth, no, and in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Talking about those that follow the Lamb. Their mouth was perfect. An individual that can control his mouth is an individual that can control his body. An individual that can do that can control the course of his life. In Revelation chapter 19 verse 15, talking about Jesus returning back to earth to begin to reign and to deal with his enemies. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword. Remember we've identified that sword as the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Capable of accomplishing quite a bit. It can give life or it can cut asunder. It can divide. And out of his mouth went a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he threadeth the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. And it says in Revelation 19.21, and the remnant were slain with the sword of him that sat upon the horse, which sword proceeds out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. So once again, we begin to tie this thought together, that in the mouth of Jesus, when his word comes out, it's a considered a sword. Ephesians tells us as believers to take the sword of the Spirit. Where? In our mouth. The scripture talks about when the beast talks. It's a flood that comes out of his mouth or the serpent. But the scripture also talks about the prophets when they talk. Fire comes out of their mouth. So we begin to see that they are identified as the working ability of those words is going to be hinging and dependent upon what the heart of that individual or believer is believing and God's anointing behind it, and God's faith in those words. When we stop to consider that, we can see that the mighty weapons of warfare of the future are not going to be nuclear weapons, but it's going to be the words that are used to either deceive or to believe. Until then, consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Until we meet again on Friday, the Lord richly bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.